0: Acts 26. So Agrippa said to Paul,
1: You have permission to speak for yourself.
0: Then Paul stretched out his hand and made his defense.
1: I consider myself fortunate that it is before you, King Agrippa, I am going to make my defense today against all the accusations of the Jews, especially because you are familiar with all the customs and controversies of the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. My manner of life from my youth, spent from the beginning among my own nation and in Jerusalem, is known by all the Jews. They have known for a long time, if they are willing to testify, that according to the strictest party of our religion, I have lived as a Pharisee. And now, In this connection, I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. At midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul! Why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And I said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen me and to those in which I will appear to you delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me.
0: Paul had to learn how to live out his faith within... a political reality of the Roman system. Some of you have noticed that I placed flags on the front of the parsonage this fall. One of the flags is much smaller than the others, so any passerby can readily see that my football loyalties are less than my citizenship. But citizenship becomes tricky when it involves two cities. A couple of weeks ago, I introduced you to the Augustinian work, The City of God, where one of the earliest Christian leaders even our earthly allegiance and our heavenly citizenship. And the tensions between these two are significant. We ask, does one have a model citizen of whatever country he or she lives in order to be a good Christian? Can one be a good Christian without being a citizen? German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer was imprisoned and hanged for his refusal to submit to the third right, and, and many believers are distracted by emphasizing what their country was, or what their country is, or what their country should be. Yes, listen to it clearly, every Christ follower in every country should heed what Isaiah one seventeen and Micah six eight tell us. In Isaiah one seventeen, we read. Learn to do good. Justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless. Plead the widow's cause. Sounds like good advice. No matter where on the globe you make your home. The Old Testament prophet Micah says, He has told you, O man, what is good, and what the Lord will require of you, but to do justice to love, kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Every Christian in every country should pray and pursue what Jesus modeled in prayer. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, Jesus said, Your kingdom come, your kingdom be done on earth as it is in heaven. But notice the order. God's rule and his authority come first, then it is followed by his will being done. We cannot assert his will until people surrender to the authority of King Jesus. And we cannot confuse economic ideology with godliness or righteousness. Yes, The opposing parties will admit that inflation is harmful to the flourishing of humanity. And both parties have very different ideas of how to mediate inflation, crime, injustice. But my advice for us as people of God is that the dollar should not be our primary issue when going to the polls. As Christian people, our priority must be to identify the candidate who most closely align with God's sense of justice and God's will for humanity as we understand it. And to vote with those priorities front and center. Listen closely to what I just said. I have not endorsed either party or either candidate. I'm simply saying we need to get to the book. As a Christian pastor, I am not directing you to vote red, blue, or green. I'm imploring you that you vote black. It's according to the black ink of your Bible, should be your number one. I intentionally place two flag poles on either side of the garage doors rather than one pole with two flags. Because I ask you, if you only had one pole with a Christian flag and a flag of our government, which one would you put on top? And because there's nuance that goes along with that, I didn't want people driving by the part stage assuming one thing or another without allowing me a chance to explain. So, Two poles, two flags, equal height. It's all good. (laughs) By now, some of you are wishing I would move on from politics. And others of you are hoping, boy, I hope he's just warming up. The only reason I bring up this message today is because Paul's citizenship and his loyalty to Christ are paramount to understanding the conflict in these six chapters of Acts. Yes, the chiefs are on and by, so I selected six chapters from the Bible. Tomorrow is a holiday that is unrecognized by most Americans. 505 years ago, a priest in Germany, declared that those who claimed to speak for Christianity had gotten some things wrong. And he pointed out 95 points of discussion that he wanted the religious leaders to consider. Because Dr. Luther realized that power can distort the way one lives their faith. And because power had distorted, he says it's time for reform. My desire this morning is not to motivate you to choose between Judaism and Christianity or Roman citizenship. My intent is that you would realize that true and genuine faith has many enemies. When true faith is examined by others, It is often misunderstood, misrepresented, and maligned. We see beginning in Acts chapter 21 that the gospel is tried in the court of public opinion. That's the slide in front of me. Opinion was the first
1: court.
0: And Paul tried to do something in the are against you, Paul, if you would go into the temple and uh, purify yourself according to the temple pay for the offering of these men who want to take a yes. but it totally backfired we read Acts 21, 24 and verse 26 and we see what they thought would bring peace actually caused an uproar the Asian Judaizers stirred up the crowd in verse 27. And the reality is, back then and right now, that most conflict in the court of public opinion is due to misunderstanding. And Paul then is taken into protective custody to keep Asian Jews from killing him. In 134. So then once he is taken into protective custody, Paul actually leverages his education by speaking Greek to the tribune of the cohort, 2137, and Hebrew to the mob. He begins to tell his own story in chapter, which he retells at all levels, all four levels of the court. And since his story remains unchanged each time he tells it, that's my story and I'm sticking to it, I'll actually wait till we get to verse 26 to explain his defense. But first he is opposed by the court of public opinion. And the court of public opinion is rarely as just as it claims. Public opinion often has pre-drawn conclusions that they they are unwilling to challenge. They judge us as being judgmental. Opponents of Christianity frequently accuse Christ followers of being judged because they have had prior, or they have heard prior, often secondhand, accounts of divisive words. But if we ask, can you give me an example of a time that I did such and such? The response often comes back, well, it's people like you who always X, Y, Z. Or it's people like you who never elemental B." And oftentimes they have their preconceived ideas and they aren't near as fair as they think they are being fair. And they are judging us for being that hypocritically judge all Christians as we are the same while denying that we as Christian people have a right we actually have an obligation to be discerning with our choices and stereotypes are, are, are very rarely true some have the impression that Latinos are lazy that African-Americans are uneducated, or the Middle Easterners have poor hygiene. However, if you take a risk and befriend a person from another part of the world, you quickly learn that the stereotypes are wrong. The Court of Public Opinion was judging based upon stereotypes rather than upon reality. And the mob then becomes unresponsive to Paul's testimony because they'd already concluded that he was a troublemaker. The court of public opinion has already made up their minds, so they did not want to hear the facts. Paul from street justice, he then is arrested and the... In municipal court in chapters 22 and 23. He appears, beginning in verse 25 of chapter 22, before the tribune and the councils. See, the, the local soldiers are ready to punish first and ask questions later. I, I find amazing the, uh, the quote in this area. In order that he may be examined by flogging. What, what, what a strange way to examine a person. Here, let me beat you until you tell me what I want you to tell me. Paul his rights as a Roman citizen. Here's a side note there are times when your political rights can be leveraged for God's purpose. Paul doesn't leverage his citizenship for his own comfort. He leverages his citizenship so that he can proclaim Christ in other places. As an American citizen, there are certain rights that I can assert here that I cannot presume in other places of the world. The right to peaceful assembly and Congress having no power to enact laws that prohibit the free exercise of my faith are just two of the rights of citizenship that are not enjoyed in many places around the world. This month, we are remembering Open Doors as our mission partner. Remember to pray for brothers and sisters who do not enjoy our religious freedoms. When he tells his story in chapter 23 in the first 10 verses, and again, the mob of street justice Threatens to harm Paul. Paul? So he transfers him out of the local jail. He says, I'll move you to the jurisdiction of the regional governor. See, Paul is only in the street for hours. He is in the Roman barracks for a couple of days. And the municipal court finds him guilty of very much what Jesus was found guilty. Acts chapter 23, verse 29. He accused about questions of their law, but charged with nothing deserving death or imprisonment. But the way they're going to make this transfer from the local jail to the district jail. Is going to include two centurions, each who oversees 100 foot soldiers, 70 horsemen, 200 spearmen. This seems to be a little excessive for a midnight transfer of one prisoner. But Claudius Lysias is concerned with safe transport, not with responsibility in verse 26. See, the wheels of justice are about to screech to a snail's pace. And he spends the next couple of years under the governor's authority. Beginning in verse 23 of chapter 23, we see that he has been, he has been tried in public opinion, he has been tried in the municipal court, and now the gospel is a district court. First before Governor Felix... Then, Governor Festus. Verse 27 of chapter 24 tells us this was not an overnight happening. When two years had elapsed, Felix was succeeded by Porcius Festus, and desiring to do the Jews a favor, Felix left Paul in prison. It, it, we, we, we tend to think that Felix and Festus were co-workers, like Matt Hill and Festus. But actually, Felix came first, and then Festus, because Festus is never mentioned before 2427. And the last time that Felix is mentioned is 2427. It's a change of government. See, while, while justice seems to be bogging down, it is here that much of the New Testament letters have been written for us. While Paul was in prison, his justice was delayed, but it provided opportunity to the right to Timothy. And, and all of this has been to our benefit that he be imprisoned waiting his chance to appear. According to verse 13 of chapter 24, the council presents a case against Paul, and the council's case is less than weak. It's less. But Paul says, well, since we're all gathered here, let me tell you about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 24 21 let me tell you how important it is for you to believe in Jesus. Chapter 24, verse 24. See, what I see happening here within the district court is Felix is trying to leverage the conflict for his monetary gain. He's hoping that some of Paul and his friends will sweeten the pot. And they don't. And then Festus becomes governor. And Festus says, you yeah, know, I've got enough. I, I don't need money. What is to uh, spread my power, increase my power. I'm looking for an opportunity to advance my career so people will know how great I am. So, chapter 25, verse 14, Festus says, All right, let's get him out of jail. Let's present him to the king. And, by the way, I'll do the presentation so the king will know where he came from. Festus in 25, 14 is, Trying to curry favor by delivering a win to King Agrippa, and he boils down all of the conflict in chapter twenty-five, verse nineteen. Rather, you know, they had with him about their own religion and about a certain Jesus who was dead, but Paul asserted to be alive. See, even Festus realizes. The pinnacle of the conflict was, is Jesus alive or not? Is he resurrected or not? In verses 25 and 26 of chapter 25, Festus then shows his hand. He starts to toot his own horn. You know, I've got Paul here. And I've been keeping Paul safely from those Jews. And King, I'm bringing Paul to you without a single mention of Felix who had had him for two years. He doesn't mention anything about the local magistrate that saved him from the mob. But Festus brings Paul to the king. He says, King, you examine him, and then we will present our findings to the emperor. You can almost see it dripping with self-aggrandizement. He's just trying to advance his own career. The mobs are going to mob. Politicians are going to politic. But faithful Christians will continue to proclaim Christ. Because the gospel is finally tried in 25 through 26 in the Court of Appeals. We had public opinion, the municipal court, court, the district court. And he appears before... King Agrippa II and Bernice. King Agrippa II became a king at sixteen years old when King Agrippa I died. And this Bernice that we read about in 2513 is not his wife. It's his sister. So King Agrippa the one dies, and both of his children stepped into his place. And so then Paul begins to give his testimony. In chapter 26, it was read for us a few moments ago. He says in verses four through eight, folks, I was raised Jewish, so I really don't know why the Jews are upset with me. I know what Jew is. I know what it takes to be a good Jew. And I've been one. I don't know why they're upset about me. Verses four through eight. Then in verses nine through twelve, Paul says, I used to be a troublemaker, king. I used to cause trouble for those in your kingdom. However, I did it representing the Jews and the Jewishness. It says in verses 13-16, When I used to be a troublemaker, resurrected Jesus appeared to me. And ever since then, verses 17-23, My message, ever since that vision, has been to unite both Jews and Gentiles within the region that you rule. He says to King Agrippa, Ever since that vision, I've just been trying to get people to get along with each other. It doesn't matter if they're Jewish, or if they're Gentile, or if they're Greek, we just all need to believe in the resurrected Jesus. Verses 24 through 29, he then applies to the screws. The king, you know the Jewish scriptures. You've heard all of this before. And in 24 through 29 of chapter 26, Paul says, king, it's time for you to make a decision. He uses in to repent and believe. But he says, Paul, you're innocent of the charges of, of these people. However, you haven't quite convinced me yet for myself to become a Christian. Last verse of chapter 26. Agrippa then tells Festus, you know, this man could have been released if he had not appealed to Caesar. But because he asserted his rights, we will make sure that his rights are followed through and he does get to Rome... So that you see how Paul is kept under Roman protection as he goes to Rome and continues to write scripture and to train leaders that shape what the church is today. Paul's message to the mob was about Jesus of Nazareth. Chapter twenty-two. Message to the magistrate in the council hinged on the resurrection 23 to Governor Felix hinged on the resurrection twenty-four, twenty-one. and Festus admitted that the conflict was about Jesus being raised chapter 25 verse 19 Heal to Agrippa was short and repent and turn to God because Jesus, rise, because Jesus did rise from the dead. Our message to our world today is not a political message. Our message to the world today is that while we may be misunderstood, while we may be maligned, our message must never waver. Jesus died for us. And was raised on the third day So we too Can have the hope of resurrection Regardless of who is in the governor's mansion Or who holds the majority In the senate and the house Our message must never waver. Jesus died for sins Was raised on the third day So we too May have the hope Of resurrection And because Jesus died for sins and was raised on the third day, he has given us instruction that we eat bread and wine to remember that Jesus died on the cross for sins, was raised the third day, and that gives us hope.